Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and physical therapy pearls of wisdom to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is really to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. Oscar Schlatter. I am so bad at this. That I, was good. <laughs> that was pretty good. I'm proud of you for that one. I don't like diagnosis names. You okay? didn't sound too German. <laughs> and it didn't sound like you were trying too hard. <laughs> Oscar Schlotter. <laughs> I do try too hard. <laughs> Anyways, pain at the front of the knee, particularly in adolescence, active mm-hmm. adolescence. And yes. we have been asked about this. So we're doing a podcast on it. And we want to yeah. help you to understand what is going on, what some of those risk factors may be, and what you can start to do about it, especially if you've got kids who are active, who may develop this. And that's the population or you know the people that will get it the most or the most significantly. But there are a lot of people that through just those developmental years will get um, that kind of bump in the front of the shin. If you follow your shin all the way up to the top, kind of where your knee is at, you might feel this little bump. And that is called the tibial tubercle. And it's where your kneecap essentially attaches into your lower leg. So the reason that we get this is because we have this big, massive quad on the front of our thigh. And that's one of the powerhouses of the leg. That's what extends our knee. And when we're going through development, our bones, they're not soft, but they're developing and they're growing and they're a lot softer than when we mature and we get our mature hardened bone. So as we're using this knee a lot and our bones are growing, we can develop that little bump and that can become painful. Yeah. So I was lucky not to have experienced this or having to deal with it as I was developing and I mean, I was active all as I was developing, but I never had to deal with this. I did treat patients, though many patients, because it is yeah. such a common thing when people, when young people are developing to, and they're starting to play sports and they're starting to get into this and they get all these weird pulls and, and things start changing. Did you experience this at all? I'd say a little bit. I mean, there was a degree of it. I just think that I developed so quickly at a young age and I was just in the heat of getting into all these activities and constantly moving, running around. So I would get pains in this area. And it's especially, I feel like some people think of it when you kneel on the front of your knee and you just have that like warm, like painful sensation or like you'll get done working out and kids will just have a lot of heat in the front of the knee where that connects. And again, it's kind of our body's natural reaction to the stresses put on it. Like most of these injuries happen because our body's doing something quote normal, like our cells replicate. So if suddenly our bone down there's feeling a lot of tugging and a lot of pulling it's just going to replicate a little faster than it's used to Mm -hmm. and so then that's where we start to get pain and it's technically considered an overuse injury yeah because we're doing more activity than our body can handle essentially yeah and in males we see this more popular you know between ages 12 to 15 females you're seeing it a little bit earlier usually between 8 to 12 but again like you're saying any developmental years and especially if you're starting to become more active all of a sudden as you're growing, you could get that pulling sensation. And think of that like, because I know Dom said it was like the kneecap into that bone. Well, that sounds weird, right? Bone into bone. It's where all our tendons and our ligaments kind of connect into. So that patellar tendon in particular. So if you kind of between the kneecap there and between that bone in the front, you can push in and it's kind of squishy. That's your patellar tendon. And so that connection down into that bone on your shin that's where it's really starting to pull. 
And a lot of yeah. times we can look at that as, again, like, like, like we say with a lot of injuries, muscular imbalances, right? Tightness in the front of those quads, really pooling on that ligament in the front or maybe some weaknesses in some other areas. And one thing about this is it's not like a traumatic injury. So it's not something that you get yeah. because you made a cut and had heard a pop or something like that. It's, it is an overuse or a chronic injury. So it's going to develop slowly. You're going to notice the pain come on little by little mm -hmm. until it gets to the point where it's just like, wow, this is kind of like unbearable. Or when I go and do a lot of jumping, my knees are just burning later at night. And it happens a lot in those specific sports where you see a lot of sprinting, jumping, like basketball volleyball, football, sprinters, things like that, where they're going to be doing a lot of the repetitive things over and over again, but it's just short burst of really high intensity. Yeah. And we especially see it like in those sports where they go from needing to use that extension mechanism really quickly. Yeah. So like jumping, right? It basketball you're going from a low running and then all of a sudden you jump and explode or volleyball or gymnastics or something where you're having to extend the leg quickly and your body doesn't have the strength to keep up with that mechanism that's happening so quickly <laughs> um, especially again in those years of development so as we're looking through you know studies and and what can be done i mean first of all conservative treatment is always you know, being shown to be like 90% effective. So conservative treatment, yeah. meaning going to see a physical therapist and, and having your kid early in physical therapy. I, I know like when I was growing up, it wasn't something that was as popular. Like I didn't hear yeah. a lot of friends going to physical therapy. We just like, oh, that hurts. Tape it up and Tape it keep up it or, going. <laughs> or ice it or whatever. And, and even in something like this, like time tends to heal and we tend yeah. to get to the end of our developmental stages and something like this can resolve on its own. But going to a physical therapist, they're going to help you do the things like activity modulation or modification, um, finding those few exercises or stretches that you should be paying attention to like, oh, hey, maybe we should pay some attention to the hamstrings. Like, are the hamstrings going to be able to help us slow down and control that knee a little bit better. Um, they're just going to be able to point out those specific things in your athlete if this is happening in your kid or if this is something that you're experiencing. Like we're, we're also saying it's common in adolescence. It doesn't yeah. mean it doesn't happen, you know, after your adolescence. So yeah. this is something that you could feel like you're getting irritation in if you're just picking up an activity where you're doing a lot of sprinting or running or something like that. So a physical therapist is just going to kind of help you dice apart your approach a little bit and yeah, see what's really happening and what specifically yeah. you need for your body. I feel like for athletes too, when you talk about activity modification, that's like a death sentence. It's like, Oh, really I have is. to, I have to stop. And not necessarily, you know, athletes, especially young bodies, they're so resilient and they're so plastic and able to take up change. So if you've been feeling this developing slowly and slowly, making one small change, adding one little thing into a warm up and a cool down could make the difference on helping you slowly reduce this. You know, you might still feel it for a little while, but it could help to slowly reduce that. So if it's adding in some great hip activation exercises, like some good single leg balance and stuff in your warm up, and then in the cool down, you do like some wall sits to really just like get the quads stable and active in one spot and do a nice dedicated quad stretch, 
that could be something that really starts to help bring this pain down and you won't necessarily have to stop playing your sport. I mean, that's what I was going to say. Really paying attention to warmups and cool downs is so huge, especially in adolescence and sports. Or if you're going to go pick up a basketball game all of a sudden when you're older and you haven't been doing it, right? You sit at a job all day long. Maybe you go work out, but you haven't been exploding up into extension a lot. So it, it could you know, be something there too. Adding in those those quad stretches. So I've shown this a lot too, uh, the kneeling quad stretch. So you can either do this like against a wall or against like a bench or a couch or a chair, putting a cushion underneath your knee and then thinking of tucking that tailbone under. A lot of people think quad stretch, I just pull my heel to my bottom. But we're forgetting that the quad, the longest muscle in your quad actually attaches into your pelvis. So how your pelvic positioning is, is going to determine how much of a stretch and a pull you get too, Mm -hmm. all the way into that quad, which again, attaches all the way down into that patellar tendon. So getting into that like rotation, tilting that tailbone underneath you just a little bit, squeezing that bum just a little bit to what you can tolerate. Everything too, when we're talking about getting back into activity or starting to address this is all paying attention to your pain, right? We're we're not pushing into pain. We're going to your tolerance. So quad stretching into tolerance, doing some reverse Nordics right Mm -hmm. after you quad stretch. Like love that one. It's lengthening the quad as we're getting into. So think of this as like uh, another term I've is very popular is modified sissy spot. Yeah. So on your knees, you're kneeling, your your body is straight, and then you just lean back a little bit, leading from your mm-hmm. shoulders, and then pull up. And this is putting a lot of tension into your quads. So it's yeah. making them work hard, but it's also stretching them at the same time. Yeah, no, I love that. Just doing those couple different things is really going to help prime the system, especially when we're doing them in a controlled environment during the warm up yeah. and the cool down. Because then you go out on the court and if if you ever have been a teenager playing a sport that you love, you're not paying attention to what the heck you're doing. You're not paying attention to how much your knees no. might hurt later, especially if you know like, oh, if I do a lot of jumping and I'm not paying attention to how I'm landing or, you know, how I'm using my knees, like I might be in pain later. You're not paying attention to that. But if you just add in that thoughtful warm up, cool down, that could make all the difference. So again, what's happening in the front? We talked about quads. Don mentioned the hamstrings. You know, yeah. hamstrings are so important. And It's not just grabbing a strap and pulling that toe back because remember when we do a hamstring stretch and we pull that toe back, that's a lot of nerve tension, not necessarily muscle um, relaxing. (laughs) It's not really necessarily stretching in that muscle. So if you are going to do a strap stretch, I would say like putting the strap more toward the heel, Mm -hmm. relaxing that foot, maybe even having a slight bend in the knee is okay. And then pulling back to tolerance. So you feel it just at the back of that upper leg. That's a hamstring stretch, whether you're laying on your mm. back, spending some time relaxing, breathing into that, or you're just going to do it as a warm up and you do it real quick and kind of like standing, getting your tailbone almost like a deadlift, Romanian deadlift position. Think of yeah. that like a complete hip hinge with a slight bend in the knees, digging those hip bones forward into your thighs and sticking your booty out. That's a good hamstring stretch as well. And then right after you that do that, I mean doing that Romanian deadlift style, you are getting some activation, but even going to like a single leg RDL, because then you're really getting activation. You're really using that hamstring to control that knee position. Mm -hmm. So if you start out doing some of those quad stretches, get into that reverse Nordic, a little hamstring stretch, get into a single leg RDL or something to get some activation. Those things alone, okay, now go into your sport and see how that changes how you feel afterwards. See if that makes any difference afterwards. Yeah. 
And again, it's like going to see a physical therapist is only going to get more specific to yeah. looking, like, like you said, a, a person isn't going to pay, especially a young person is not going to pay attention to how they're la- landing, jumping, um, transitioning in dynamic movement. So getting a physical therapist to get eyes on, okay, here's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Here's what that looks like. Here's how we can optimize it in the clinic. And repeat, repeat, yeah. practice, practice so that you can start to naturally do that on the court. And if I'm kind of just thinking in my head, like what a physical therapist, like say this pain is bad yeah. and you're like, hey, I, I don't know if I can continue to play my sport. You know, if we're on that level of being like, I'm already modifying just because the pain is so bad that I can't compete and be comfortable enough or feel confident enough out on, on the court or on the field. You know, a, a place that a therapist might start you is doing isometric exercises. Yeah. And what isometrics means is you're not moving, but you're putting stress through that knee. You're putting tension through that knee, like in a wall sit. Right? Or you can lay on your back and use bands and pull against the leg, not but resist the bend so that you're still using your quad and then let off the band. Um, different things like that where you're going to be getting that isometric or even a bridge. Mm-hmm. If you can get into a bridge and then hold, you're putting a lot of great isometric strength and tension through that knee and that's something that might be more comfortable and isometric exercises have been shown to help reduce and modulate pain yeah exactly so starting where where again where's your pain tolerance like what is your body able to do and again if you're like what are the all these exercises they're rattling off make sure that you go check out the youtube video too because we're gonna have demonstrations of what these exercises look like always wanting to put that out there and then you know once we've worked on your your stretching and your opening and the isometrics like like Dom said working on that single leg dynamic work so mm-hmm. we're not only working on you know our, a single leg Romania deadlift but we're also working on single leg squats like yep. you know getting getting more pressure more load onto that tendon and to make it work a little bit harder that's going to really progress you all of this within pain tolerance and getting used to reaching outside of that base of support on one leg you know on when we're on a field or on a court you're you're not always just in a perfect stance so being on that one leg and doing those single leg reaches those six-way taps that we talked about but then really trying to extend yourself and get way outside of that range paying more attention to what that knee's doing when you're doing those different Mm -hmm. taps like that can be really valuable to an athlete to do in a controlled environment. Then when I get out on the field, on the court, I my knee might know a little bit better how to react. And then like we said in the beginning, extension mechanism. So straightening that knee really fast, like jumping and sprinting. <laughs> so that's where you got to start practicing it. Once we have this controlled environment where all these different types of controlled exercises start to feel good, then we add in those plyometric drills. That's when we add in some jumping, some drop squats, you know, like all of this kind of stuff is, again, typically done in physical therapy. Yeah. And so working with someone to understand the progression that's needed for your body, there's never too early of an age or too early of a stage in where you're feeling these symptoms come on rather than trying to just you know, scroll and then hope and cross your fingers that you figure it out yourself. It's like going to see a physical therapist for at least a few sessions to be guided in what you need can be huge for the body. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. And just remember, we just launched the Gen.Health platform. So if you are someone who's experiencing knee pain, it doesn't have to be Oscar Schlatter, any knee pain, you can head into the platform. There's a one week free trial 
click knee. You can start the knee plan. All you have to do is show up 10, 15 minutes a day. That's all it will take for you to start learning where your restrictions are and noticing a difference in those aches and pains in your body. Go to gen.health or the link down in the show notes. Start your free one-week trial. And of course, we'll see you next time on the Optimal Body Podcast.